It's Jim, it's the World of Bonds. It's Friday the 22nd of July 2022. This is for professional investors only, never ever investment advice. And this episode brings season seven of Uncle Jim's World of Bonds to a close. And like all great series, we end both with some closure, but also with a cliffhanger. Uh, Closure came yesterday with an end to negative interest rates in the Eurozone. They moved below zero a decade ago in 2012 and yesterday's 50 basis point hike takes them back to zero in one go uh, which was mostly expected Um, certainly in the past few days expectations had moved to a 50 basis points hike although some people still thinking we might have got a 25 basis point hike Um, the reason for 50 I mean the guard explained it in the press conference that the above consensus inflation for June in the eurozone was the reason for the hike and the market expects more aggressive rate hikes to continue, really. So Goldman Sachs, for instance, saying we're going to get 50 basis points in September, 50 in October, 25 in December, and then uh, a peak in ECB uh, rates of, I think, one three quarter percent sometime uh, middle of next year, 2023. Um, and all of these aggressive rate hikes, despite the possibility, of course, of Europe getting closed down, economically anyway, by a a Russian gas-induced shut-off in the coming winter and rationing and all those things we talked about in the last podcast. Um, In recent speeches and press conferences, the ECB has been pretty vague about the other thing that markets were very interested in, and that's what the ECB intended to do regarding an anti-fragmentation tool. So, as you know, uh, spreads of Italy versus Bunds have been rising consistently in recent months. Uh, They're above 200 basis points. They go up to 240 basis points at at wide. Um, And this is a little bit about what's going on politically in Italy at the moment. You'll know that Draghi yesterday resigned as prime minister. And we don't know what the new government will look like there. Um, And we don't know whether what their view was, will be about government borrowing or uh, any of those things, even EU membership and things like that, uh, you know, at the extremes. So um, this new renewed Italian uh, instability has led to the need for talk, at least, of an anti-fragmentation tool. And as I say, it's been pretty vague of what that was going to look like. We got an announcement yesterday, though. We have a new TLA, a new three-letter acronym to learn. It's the TPI, which is the Transmission Protection Instrument. And this will be another effective ECB buying program to bring spreads down to attack the gentlemen of the spread. Um, So TPI is going to be a bond buying program um, that can be used, in their words, to counter unwarranted disorderly market dynamics. So they can use this pretty much at their discretion in amounts at their discretion. So there's no kind of market size that they've announced that they will be buying. It's just, you know, as much as it takes to use the the kind of famous phrase that Draghi kind of said. Um, So it can only be used, though, in certain circumstances. But those circumstances are very, very subjective indeed. And people are talking about constructive ambiguity around them. So, you know, four kind of uh, four things that need to be seen in order for them to use them are compliance with EU fiscal framework, absence of severe macroeconomic imbalances, fiscal sustainability, 
sound and sustainable macroeconomic policies. So in other words, um, you, you shouldn't expect to be able to access this tool or expect the ECB to ride to your rescue if you um, have massive unfunded tax cuts um, and all the things that all the Conservative Party candidates have been promising in the UK. We'll come to that in a minute. But in all of those cases, you can see it is pretty sub- subjective. Um, and it's led the market to say, well, how quickly is this tool going to be used? Is this, uh, you know, 220 basis points spread of Italy, Germany enough to trigger it or, or not? And, you know, as we've talked about in the past, pegs and targets like this are all, always or often tested by bond markets or currency markets um, to see when they break and to see what the kind of reaction functions will be. So yesterday, for instance, Italy having rallied somewhat the day before on hopes that Draghi might not resign. He actually did resign and it was 20, 25 basis points wider at 10 years. Um, So is that enough? Well, we haven't heard anything yet, but um, certainly the market's looking out for that 240 Bund BTP spread level that we did get out to uh, earlier this month. So the initial market reaction to the ECB's announcements was um, a big sell-off in core government bonds, uh, about 10 basis points uh, higher in yield for for bonds, but then a subsequent rally. So we ended with, I guess, a little bit better in the core government bond markets. And as I say, Italy um, underperforming yesterday on the Draghi news. The euro did rally slightly on the announcement, but not a lot. But, you know, remember we got down to parity with the US dollar at one for one. We're now at 1.02, so about two cent uh, rally in the euro over the week based on basically the rate hike expectations rising from 25 up to 50 basis points. So that's what's been going on with the closure as sorts. When it comes to the cliffhanger, I think it is worth mentioning the Conservative Party leadership election. So the Conservative Party MPs have now whittled the dazzling array of prospective Tory candidates to be the UK's next Prime Minister down to two. So it's Richie Sunak and Liz Trust. And now, um, by the end of the summer, so the start of September, we'll have a new leader and that will be voted upon by a very few number relative to size of the UK population, Conservative Party members, and they will decide. And amongst them, there is a massively clear um, majority for Liz Trust to be the next UK Prime Minister. So Sunak does have the summer to turn it around in hustings and TV appearances and so forth. But um, he's certainly not Conservative Party member's cup of tea at the moment, Liz Truss is. And that means that markets do need to be brushing up on what um, commentators, I guess, are calling trussonomics. I mean, everything's an anomics nowadays, but trussonomics is particularly strange and wonderful. Um, But to be honest, not much out of line with the majority of the Conservative candidates. Um, All of them promised some form of trussonomics, which is unfunded tax cuts leading to massively higher UK growth and massively lower uh, government borrowing, which is, I guess, the unicorn of right-wing economics. Um, And, you know, let's face it, it sounds pretty good on paper, even if we've never seen it uh, play out in real life. Um, so she's also more, well, more worrying, as worrying, whatever you think of it. Um, she's suggested in 
this is before she reached the last two, so it's in kind of newspaper interviews and so forth, so who knows how deeply it's been thought out. But she has suggested um, that any of the guilt or any of the UK government borrowing that was taken on during the COVID period, and this we're talking tens and tens of billions of pounds worth of borrowing, as you know, you know, track and trace uh, under Dido Harding cost something like not quite 40 billion pounds. Uh, no one quite knows where it went, but, you know, there was a lot of borrowing during COVID. Liz Trust suggests that although that borrowing gets rolled into from, you know, the guilt that it was borrowed in, whether that's twos, fives, tens, thirty years, gets rolled into, uh, converted into some new long dated or perpetual bond. So, you know, it kind of gets locked away for forever, which um, would be interesting. It would also be a default on the national debt unless it was done with guilt holders permission and consent and presumably um, you know there's no free no one's going to do that freely to be honest if you've got a two-year guilt uh, you know if I wanted to change my two-year guilt yielding two into a 10-year guilt yielding 2.05 then I could go into the market and do that Um, if I wanted to roll into a 30-year or 50-year or 100-year or perpetual I would uh, again I could I could do that in the market willingly but I would need to get paid quite a lot of money uh, to, to roll the entire COVID borrowing into that, uh, the market would. So if it wasn't done with the with that consent and with a huge and expensive programme of doing that, and it would be expensive in terms of debt interest servicing costs. So, I mean, two years, as I say, one, nine, five, 30 years, two and a half, um, 50 years, etc. as you went into petrol even more so it would be an increase in UK borrowing costs uh, quite substantially um, although you know it would put long-term debt dynamics in a good place so it's not necessarily a completely crazy idea uh, but that's one of her ideas the other one is to re-examine the Bank of England's mandate and again um, it feels like it's quite a populist move. You know, the Bank of England's to blame for inflation is a, an argument that doesn't stand up to any great scrutiny in the same way that Bank of England uh, brought inflation down over the past um, 20 years um, to, to kind of zero. Again, doesn't stand up to very much scrutiny. The, the bigger picture forces, the dynamics of energy prices, demographics, all of those good things are way more important. Uh, I guess, you know, if central banks took the credit for inflation falling, they can't complain too much when they get the blame for what is now a 10% inflation rate in in most of the developed markets. But what she's talking about is potentially less independence from Her Majesty's Treasury. Citigroup put out a notice today um, saying that the greatest risk to the UK's economic outlook is what they describe as trusses unseemly combination of pro-cyclical tax cuts and um, institutional disruption so there we go so city don't like what Liz Truss has got in store for us um, but maybe the Conservative Party members do right as I say that's the end of it for series seven series eight will be back probably in a a month or so um, depending on how my summer goes but I will be back in the next week or so probably for a summer outlook the annual um, 2022 this time uh, bond market summer outlook so look out for that and if anyone's written an interesting book about economics get in touch you can come on the podcast and we'll squeeze you in over the the summer doldrums somehow um, to plug your book right Um, have fun everyone have lovely summers catch you soon bye